Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Coach Larry, joins the show. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with Coach Larry. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano, here with my man of the hour, Coach Larry. Coach, what's up? What's up? What's up, Andre? I'm glad you uh you uh you know called back and and let's you know happy to do this again. Oh man, it's a pleasure having you on. You dropped crazy heat and knowledge the last time we were at it. Uh you threw a, an insane amount of assists and dimes. So I'm hoping you can do the same today. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm game. Okay. Uh let's dive right in. Um so there was a quite a few things that we didn't get to talk about last time. Um, so let's just get right into it if we can. Um, for me, I wanted to ask you this question. What are the three most important levels a player needs to have towards his game? Uh, let's see. The three most important levels. When you say levels, what do you mean? Well, the aspect of the game is all in levels, so you can have like handles, IQ, oh, okay, uh, communication, jump shot, uh, attacking, you know, attacking the cup, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. anything, leadership. Okay. Um. All right. So, um, because I'm a trainer, and and you know, obviously, the moment a kid comes to me for the first time. Um, I think number one has to be you have to be able to handle the ball. You know? Yes. Yeah. I think ball handling. And you know what? You know, when somebody says, you know, he's got mad handle, you know, you, you have to almost ask, okay, what do you mean by that? You mean that he can dribble the ball with both hands. He can put it through his legs. He could put it behind the back. He could put it, you know, he could do anything he wants with the ball. He's got the ball on a yo-yo. Okay. Now that to me says that he can dribble the ball. He's very, his motor skills are, are, are very good using both hands. But to me, ball handling really means can you handle the ball under defensive pressure you see what i'm saying right 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 i understand so you got to understand you know what ball handling means you know according to the game because a good ball handler not necessarily means that you know you know he could do a lot of tricks with the ball he could put it behind his back can you bring the ball up court you know, on a defense, you know, on, on being pressured from the moment that ball goes into your hands to the moment you leave, you know, you, you release that ball either on a pass or on a shot or whatever the case may be. Can you bring the ball up? Can you move left? Can you move right at any moment's notice 
and be able to handle that ball, you know, obviously successfully amongst, you know, defensive pressure. So to me, ball handling is something that I take seriously. So when I teach ball handling, you know, I teach it with, with pressure. So if you're dribbling with the right hand, guess what? I'm going to put a glove on. I'm going to put a boxing glove and I'm going to punch you in your chest while you're dribbling with the right hand. And if I told you to cross over to your left hand, when you cross over, I want to punch in your back. Right. Okay. So, so, you know, I do a lot of, you know, uh, uh, bully ball. You know, I, 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 I want my kids to be able to handle the ball and bully at the same time. Because I try to teach my kids that the offensive player should initiate contact first. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. I, yeah. I would think as an offensive player, you should embrace that and, and push their limits because as the defensive player, they're going to take a step or a step back or two. Right. Right. So, you know, um, so ball handling to me means I'm, I'm going to do something to you. I'm, you're not going to like it. Okay. You might feel uncomfortable, but don't stop dribbling. You, you see what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I might pull your shorts. I might pull your shirt. I might, you know, you know, I might try to like, you know, knock you off your, your balance, you know? Um, so, you know, I might put a bag in your face, you know, so you need to be able to handle that while moving forward or moving laterally. So I'm really big on, on using the offhand, you know, so I try to teach a lot of ball handling while you're using the offhand. So if I put my, my hand on your hip, I want you to smack that hand right off of me. You know, so right off your hip. If you don't like it, then smack it off of your hip. You know, so I try to engage that offhand as much as possible. So, you know, so so that to me, you know, means a lot. You got to be able to handle the ball in any situation. Okay, that's number that's number one. Number two, um, I'm gonna say shooting. All right. Okay. Um, um, these last, I would say that these last six months of COVID, I've really, really, really have have educated myself on on teaching shooting mechanics you know I, I used to teach shooting mechanics but i really didn't dive deep into really what shooting mechanics is all about so now i'm um, these last few months i've really been sitting down educating myself watching some seminars on all the different ways on how to teach proper shooting mechanics and unfortunately a lot of kids don't do this a lot of kids oh. don't they don't they don't go to school they don't go to school to learn how to shoot Nope. Yeah. They, none of them do form shooting. They all start. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. What's number three? Um, number three, we got handle, we got shooting. And, um, you know, like I told you on the last, um, the last podcast, I'm a big fan of the post game. So to me, I'm going to go with footwork, you know, to me, footwork is key. You know, because you could be fast, you could be quick, you know, you can, you might have some serious handle, you could probably shoot the ball, but if you don't have footwork, you're going to be limited. There's going to be some limitations in your game. If you don't know how to pivot, if you don't know how to, if you don't know how to, uh, if you don't know how to skip, if you don't know how to, you know, how to, how to lateral, you know, move, you don't know how to, how to create space with your feet. If you don't know how to compete with your feet, that's something I learned from, um, coach Bo Bell from Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know if you ever seen coach Bo Bell from Atlanta, Georgia. 
No, sir. Um, man, he focuses his entire training on competing with your feet. That's his motto. Compete with your feet. Oh, I love it. I mean, my son is on a ladder for like four times a week. You got to oh, yeah. do yeah. and There's a lot of kids. They can't do any of it. But don't re- don't forget why, though, Andre. We talked about this before, man. Uh, you know, we're, we're teaching a totally different generation of kids. Remember, these kids today, they don't play tag. Yeah. You know, we learn those those drills and those skills by playing tag. You know, those those uh those agility drills, everything that you do with these kids right now, agility wise, ladders, you know, um, cones, you know, what have you, it's all tag related skills. Remember when you used to run away from from the kids and tag and then you used to get behind a car? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't let me tell you, you couldn't catch me. There's no way you could catch me playing tag. I, I was, I, you know, my lateral movement, my quickness, my, my change of direction. It, I, I was, I was crazy. I was sick, you know, when it came to that, Right. You, know, you couldn't catch me. And unfortunately kids don't do that anymore. So, you know, and uh, it, it has hindered, you know, this game because now think about it. Now you got to go to a speed and agility guy. You got to pay somebody to teach you how to run. You got to pay somebody to teach you how to skip. You got to pay somebody to teach you how to lateral move. You got to pay somebody to teach you how to move to the left, stop, change direction, move to the right, which is all basic movements that we did growing up. Kids don't do that anymore. Yeah, that's great. I, I can't believe that they they don't know how to do that. But you're yeah. right. It's a, it's a different era. It's a different time. Uh and and one thing that that I I think that hinders them is is this whole uh, the cell phones and sure and, sure. Uh, sure I and you know we live in a tech savvy world now so they're they're a lot smarter than us as um you know with with being tech savvy um but hey I I understand there's got to be a balance with with everything in life not always having your uh, face in a phone because um, the reality of it if your face is in the phone. Uh, you know, seven hours out of the day, five hours out of the day right now, well, you're not going to get better and you're not going to make it to the next level. That's just, that's just true facts. I'm sorry to hear. I'm sorry to tell you that. Yeah, no, of course. Of uh, course. Well, how, how do you feel about coaches versus trainers? Are they equals? Well, um, you know, I've been in the game now for, as a trainer for now over 10 years. And, um, you know, it's, 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 you know, there's some mixed feelings now, you know, there's, there's the, 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 the role of the trainer has now been looked at, you know, obviously a lot more seriously now. And, 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 but, you know, there's this notion that we're out there, you know, to, uh, I don't know if it, they find it as a disrespect, but coaches look at trainers and, and I'm saying this from personal experience, you know, coaches look at me like, like, I don't know, like I'm a threat, I guess, or I'm, um, you know, I'm butting in to their, to their, uh, to their process. Some coaches look at me and go, well, why do I need you? You know, I, 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 I'm the coach. I don't need you, you know, or, and so I think what it is, is that the role as coach and the role as trainer, you know, are totally two different things. And I think that the coaches out there, some coaches, I'm not saying all of them, but some coaches out there have not bought into the philosophy that trainers are doing 
things that are totally different. And I, I really think that coaches should look at us, you know, with, with positive eyes, because if I was a coach and, you know, you're a coach, you understand, um, and you're a trainer. So you also understand this, but coaches do not have the time to teach Johnny how to shoot properly or how to handle the ball properly. A coach literally has the time to get all 10 to 15 players to build chemistry with each other. How can I get these players to play as one unit? Yes. Now, if Johnny cannot go left, I cannot help Johnny right now. I got 14 other players, you know, that need to build some sort of relationship with the, with, with, with their teammates and be able to play this game fluidly so I can be successful as a team. You see what I'm saying? So now 100%. Yeah. So, and, and I think that, you know, this whole AAU era, you know, where AAU has been watered down to a point where now there's so many levels of AAU. I I get parents asking me, you know, uh, uh, do you, do you know of any AAU teams, you know, uh, that, that my son can play in? And I'm like, well, can your son go left? Can your son finish left? Yeah, no. I said, well, well then why is he playing AAU? You know? So, uh, you know, a lot of kids are skipping steps. And unfortunately, that's where, you know, we live in a times where skipping steps is normal now, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lie. You know, you know, we're living in a world where, you know, we don't we don't have to train, you know, because you know what? As long as I got my eight hundred dollars, I can get on an AU team and they'll give me a jersey. So um, the life of a trainer you know, um, is, is looked at differently depending on whose eyes are looking, but, you know, coach versus trainer, you know, coach to me, um, has to take these players and create, you know, a unit, you know, a a fluid, uh, motion of, of players that can play together. You know, a coach can, can identify the role that every player is going to now obtain and a trainer, um, is going to be the person that obviously coach needs, you know, I want, I want to develop relationships with coaches. So coaches can say to me, Hey, listen, I'm going to send you about four guys and I need them to do this and this and this and this. If you can get my players to do that before my season starts, then our relationship will develop and I can bring you X amount of players on a regular basis because you know, we're both scratching each other's backs. You're, you're helping me out. I'm helping you out. And I think, you know, uh, the relationship between coaches and trainers has to change, you know, this barrier that coaches put, you know, this, we're not looking to take your job. Trust me. I don't want to be a coach. I really don't, you know, I'm not interested in coaching 12, 15 players. That's not who I am. And that's not who I want to be. So, you know, uh, until coaches realize that we're not out there to take your job, you know, hopefully they'll look at us, you know, differently. And I, I'm, I'm here to say it. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. And if those of you who are coaches listening, you know, coaches, yeah, you know how to coach the game, but you're not necessarily a teacher. You know what I'm saying? Just because you're a coach doesn't mean you know how to teach. You know, some 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 coaches might might disagree. Some coaches might think, you know, I'm completely wrong, but I am a teacher. 
You know, I am a science teacher. I've been a science teacher for over, you know, over 20 years, you know. And so I'm, I'm, I'm here to say it. Not all coaches know how to teach, you know. And I think that's where you as a coach have to look at us and say, okay, I know my limitations. I can't get Johnny to dribble left and drive left and finish left. I don't have time for that, nor do I have the expertise to even teach that. All I know is that if Johnny cannot go left, he's going to be sitting the bench. That's all I know. Oh, that's 100%. Um, What about the micro skills that are not emphasized, that are extremely, extremely necessary um, to um, succeed in basketball? Um, What do you uh, think about that? Um. Good question. I had a, uh, I had a kid come to me just recently about a month ago and uh, his father brings him. The kid is six, seven, six, 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 seven, junior in high school. And, you know, a little overweight, out of shape, but um, he's trying to make that varsity team um, and it looks like he grew about a good six inches within this last year. And now he's six, seven. And of course, right. He's clumsy. Uh, puberty's really, really kicking his ass right now. And, um, and so the first thing that came to mind is, okay, you grew six inches within this last year. So to me, you are completely uncoordinated right now. You got these really, you know, humongous feet. And I'm sure your hands are now way bigger than they were last year. So let's see if you can catch a ball. And so catching to me is one of the first things that we look, we don't look at. We don't, we don't even bother, you know, focusing on. And that is a micro skill that every kid has to have, especially when they're going through their puberty stages and their hands are growing. You know, I'm a science teacher. So when I teach, when I teach the body systems, you know, you have to understand that hands and feet grow first, right? Hands and feet grow first. And I'm sure we've all been in the situation where, you know, your mom tells you, go grab the milk and you go to grab it and you spill it because you didn't realize that your middle finger just grew three millimeters last night. You see what I'm saying? So you don't know the spacing between your middle finger and that glass of milk. And all of a sudden, now you go to grab a glass of milk, your finger just got longer by three millimeters last night. And so now when I teach catching, you know, I have to get the brain to make sure that the brain understands that, oh, my hand is bigger now. So now I have to meet the ball either earlier or later, you know, and catching is one of those things that we look, we don't look at anymore. We don't, or, or, or we just don't pay attention to. And it's a micro skill that has to, has to definitely, definitely be practiced. Um, I'll give you another one. Um, you know, since we're talking about puberty, pivoting. Oh pivoting. yeah. Pivoting is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Kids don't know I, how to pivot. No, no. Yeah. Their triple threats are terrible because they don't want to work on it because they don't, they don't think it's necessary, but a uh, triple threat is huge. Yeah. Well, you know what? P- pivoting is not sexy. It's not going to get likes on Instagram. That's the problem. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, and I understand. Yeah. So pivoting, pivoting as, as crucial as it is in the game, you know, you, you, we still have kids pivoting off their heels, you know, kids still don't know that, you know, your pivot has to be off the balls of your feet. So right. pivoting is huge, you know, and, and, and puberty 
uh, you know, will really get in the way when you have to pivot very quickly and hold your ground. When I do spin moves and I tell a kid, okay, go strong to the elbow. And then at the elbow, you're going to spin move to the middle of the court and finish with the opposite hand. You don't know how many times a kid pivots off a spin move and cannot stop. Oh, they yeah. stop. Their body continues going forward because they don't understand, you know, the pivoting motion and being able to stop on a dime and be able to change their direction from going right to going in the up direction. So, it, you know, pivoting to me is, is, is something that has to be worked on every single day, you know, especially those kids that are in that, you know, age range between about, you know, 11 and 16, 11 and 17. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I, I totally agree. Would you put conditioning in micro skills too? Cause um, you know, basketball, you run the whole time and it's kind of funny that, you know, you have players here that, that want to play ball at a high level, but they're out of shape. Okay. But let me ask you this question. Go ahead. What does, what does being in shape mean? Because if I say, if I, if you say, yeah, I'm in shape. Okay, what are you in shape for? Well, basketball shape, you got to have wind. You got to be able to jump. You got to be able to, to take you cover. Go. And you got to be able to do it. And it doesn't yeah. have to be in a 40-minute span. There's a lot of dogs out there that can go the 40 minutes. Right. Take that beating. But I'm talking at least five, ten minutes. Yeah. yeah. Going hard. There's yeah. kids that can do that. They're going up and down the court two or three times, and they're dog tired. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, here's, here's the thing though, because you tell a kid, you know, did you do your conditioning? And then what did the kid answer? You see what I'm saying? Because that's why I asked you, if you say you're in shape and I go, well, what are you in shape for? Are you in shape to guard a, a, a top, a, a top, you know, point guard? Can you, can you chase a point guard throughout an entire, you know, 10 minutes of a quarter? You know what I'm saying? Can right. you, Right. So, so what are you in shape for? So that's, that's the question you have to ask yourself, because if you're just going to go run, you know, two to three miles a day, I don't care. That's not going to get you ready for the game. No. And I think that's what kids are, are mistaken. Like, you, you know, a, a coach says, you better do your conditioning. Oh, okay, coach. I'll run the track. You know, I'll run the track 14 times around and, and that'll be my, you know, that'll be my conditioning for the day and, and I'll be ready for your practice. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not what I asked, you know, so you got to you got to really, really um, model what conditioning is. And let me tell you this. Not every player is conditioned the, the same way. You know, a point guard probably has totally different conditioning than a than a, than a power forward. You, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, because a power forward, if I look at a power forward and I say, are you are you ready to play? Are you conditioned enough? Well, what does that mean? Well, you're going to have to block shots. And then after you block that shot, you know, you got to run the floor. Because if you block that shot, now we're going to the other side. So how fast can you get from, you know, from one block all the way to the other block on the other side? And then I need you to I need you to box out. So are you conditioned enough to box out and be able to hold that box out, hold that seal, you know? Are your are your quads strong enough you know, to be in that, in that, in that position for longer than X amount of time. So you see conditioning to me, it, it all depends on who you are on the court, you know? 
Absolutely. It on who you are on the court. So, you know, um, yeah, what I say conditioning is a micro skill. I'll agree. I'll agree to that because it all depends on who you are on the court. It's a micro skill depending on who you are on the court. Okay, great. I love that. Now, um, here's another one, though. Here's another one for you. I don't know if you – here's another one. Um, deception. Ooh. Deception. We don't train kids the acting behind basketball. We forget to train the kids on acting out, you know, your your fakes. I fake deception. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're not really focusing on making the reads, you know, so you can get your defender to look one way while you're actually, you know, running the play in the other direction. Um, we're not really focusing on, on shot fakes with your eyes. I always train my kids and I say, guys, you got to sell it. You know, when you tell a kid, sell it, they just, sometimes they don't know what you mean. They don't know what you're saying. It's you all you're saying. They're looking at your eyes. You're absolutely right. Even yeah. if you're triple threat, it's yeah. horse shift, foot shift, ball yeah. shift, eye shift. That means yeah. everything. Yeah. And, and, and it's something that I tell kids all the time. I'm like, you got to literally like work on it. You have to actually work on it. You have to go into the bathroom, look in the mirror and practice, practice your, your, your shot fake, open your mouth, take a deep, take a deep breath in a quick little deep breath, you know, open your eye, open your eyes big time. Because you know, you know how it is. Every time we, we shoot, we get so excited. Our eyes open up, our right. eyebrows go up, our mouth opens just a little bit. You got to practice that look. You got to practice that facial expression, you know? So a lot of uh, a, a lot of that goes, you know, towards the wayside. We don't practice the acting of the game. Like if I if I teach, if uh, away, right? You pass, and then when you pick away, you know, I try to teach my kids. Listen, give up the ball and let the team know, let the defense know that you're not even part of the play anymore. So you know what? Put your head down. Right. Put your head down, and because when you put your head down. And you're not looking at the court. Guess what? I don't care about you anymore because to me, you put your head down. You're not a threat. You know, right. so act it out, put your head down or you want to act it out like you're exhausted. Well, then put your hands on your knees, put your head down, breathe excessively. Let your defensive player know that, you know what? You're exhausted, but you're really not. You're just playing it, playing like you're exhausted. And then all of a sudden, when that pass comes through and you start to cut, the defender's going to go, "Wow, I didn't know. I, I I didn't know he had all that gas in him. He looked like he was exhausted." You see oh, I love that. That's great. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta act out this game. This game it's a, it's a psychological game. This game is literally sixty to seventy percent psychological. Absolutely. No, I I I totally agree with that. It is. It is. So we don't teach the 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 acting of the game. You know, you have to get into character. You know, you have to literally like buy in to this character that I'm that I'm now producing in this game. You know, so, yeah, I'm going to act like I'm tired. I'm going to put my 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 hands on my knees and, and you know, I'm going to bend over and I'm going to go, oh, my God. Whew, damn, you know, I'm tired, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, when the ball comes to my side and I explode out, you know, the defensive player is going to be a little shot going, dude, man, you just you look like you was about to pass out. Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to do. Make you believe like I was about to pass out. 
Absolutely. No, I, I love it. Um, what, what do you think of being a three-dimensional player? I always preach to um, several kids in my program that you got to be a three-dimensional player. And, and if you can't be that, well, in all reality, you're not going to be able to go play college ball. Um, because you're going to have to at yeah. least fit yeah. in to what they want. You might have been a scorer all through high school, but then now you're the facilitator or maybe you're the communicator. So um, right. you elaborate on that, being a three-dimensional player and the false realities that come with being a college player. Well, um, when, okay, three-dimensional player. In, t- in today's game, um, especially today's game, yeah. right, because um, today's game is so diverse now, it, it's, you know, it's, it's almost not fair, you know, because um, in today's game, in order to play at the college level, in order to play at the higher level, at the NBA level, the pro level, um, you know, there, you got to be an athlete. You know, you got to be an athlete. And those days, those days of, 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 you know, not being able to run up and down and, and, and be able to do all that stuff, you know, all the cutting and the, and the lateral movement, you know, it's, it's very, it would be very hard because, you know, remember the post game is, is almost non-existent. So guess what? You can't sit on the block anymore. You can't, you can't sit on the block, bully your man in, and ask for the ball on the block. That doesn't exist anymore. So even though I would love to bring back that that type of game and slow the game down, you know, but unfortunately that game does not exist. So now you have to be a three-dimensional player. You gotta be able to post your man. You gotta be able to bring him out to the three-point line. You gotta be able to bring the, the ball up. You gotta be able to, you know, to, to set those screens. You, have, you gotta be able to come off those screens. You gotta be able to run the floor. You gotta be able to communicate. Um, so, um, there's a, there's a question that, that I learned from Danny Wilson, which is one of my, uh, recruiting guys that we use and he's our recruiting partner. And we did a couple of sessions, a couple of recruiting, um, seminars with him. And he asked a very, very important question. He says to all players that are thinking that they can play at the next level, what is your transferable talent? And the question literally means, what skill can you provide a college coach if your high school career was to end today? What skill or what um, can you provide a coach at the next level if your high school career was to end today? In other words, can a coach count on you to do what at the college level? Can you score? 
Can you play defense? Can you, can you hustle for loose balls? Can you lock up defenders, right? So unfortunately, you ask an average kid that plays high school basketball, let's say you ask a sophomore or a junior, right? And you say, hey, let me ask you a question. If your high school were to be over tomorrow, what can you offer a college program right now? How can you be successful at all? Pick something out of your game that a college coach can use right now. And I guarantee you that most high school players don't know how to answer that question. Right. They, they don't. I mean, I've, I've, had, I've had guys come up to me and ask me, hey, put me through a shooting program. And I go, well, in order to make it to the next level, you're going to have to hit eight out of 10 from the mid-range consecutively. If you can't do that, you, you're not ready for the next level. No, you're not. You're not. And you know what? And here's and, and since you're talking about shooting, here's a misconception right here. And this is what I learned from uh, uh, PGC. You know PGC? Yes. Sir. Point Guard College? Yes. Okay. Well, I've, I've been through a, a few seminars with PGC. And, 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 you know, my boy Ty Costin, man, I follow him a lot. And, um, you know, his program is incredible because they come up with these philosophies on asking the right questions, right? Because the average kid is, is going to ask, how can I, how can I make more shots, coach? You know, teach me how to make more shots. Now, a kid comes up to you, Andre, and asks you that question. What would you answer? Okay, I got how can I, how can I make more shots, coach? Okay, I got a, I got a few answers for them. Number one, you're going to have to be highly conditioned. You're going to have to have good legs. So not only are you going to have to be able to sprint, and when I say sprint, we're going to do miles of sprinting. We're not, we're not running miles like consecutive. We're running sprints. Number one, you got to do a lot of jumping exercises because you got to have legs. Okay. That's number two. Number three, I believe that you have to shoot at least 500 makes a day. That's 500 makes and they all got to be game related shots. Mm -hmm. If you can do that and work on your form, I believe we can get you there. But until you can put in that type of work, the, there's no bother you even coming around. Because you got to right. have fresh legs, especially in the fourth quarter. Okay. Now here is another question because you your answers were all on point, perfect. But when a kid comes up to you and asks you, how can I make more shots? PGC believes that that's, the, that's, the, that's not the question you really want to ask. The question you really want to ask is, coach, how can I get more shots? Oh, how can you get more touches? How can I get more shots? Because think about it. I can give you the ball at the left wing 20 times, right? And if you make 15 out of those 20, wow, you made a lot of shots. Yes. But are you always going to have that opportunity to make that wing shot? You know what I'm saying? Off the wing. So when a kid says, how can I make more shots? The right question is, how can I get more shots? In other words, how can I put myself in situations in the game where I can get more touches? Exactly what you just said. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, so it's now a deeper question. Yeah, because I know you can make 15 out of 20. I've seen you do it. The question is, are you going to get that shot in the game all the time? You see what I'm saying? So you might not get that shot in the game all the time. 
So the question is, how can I get more shots? In other words, what are my spots? Do I know my spots? Do I know how to get to my spot? Do I know how to create my spot? Create, yes. I, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Create my shooting spots. You know what I'm saying? How can I get my other teammates involved so I can make sure that I'm at that spot? You, you see what I'm saying? So now the game is deeper. And, and the question is now a little bit more detailed. So a shooter should be able to know how to get to their spots, to get more shots, not to really make more shots because I'm, we know he can shoot. Right. How do I get more shots? Yeah, I like that. I like that. I, that, that goes with the whole concept of um, my boy Cody Topper always said, uh, bones over cones. So that's where, like, I would have to play with my son one-on-one and I would have him hit certain reaction moves to my defense so he can react and get to those open shots so that he's able to transfer transfer that what we're doing at home into a game correct i like that i like that how how do you feel about basketball rhythm instead of being such like a robot like i always tell my son you know as as he's practicing dribbling uh, getting up sh- game like shots, um, you know. I always ask them, what, "What what do you want to listen to? What what kind of what kind of music?" You know, and and basketball is very big in the hip hop, and I believe that you have to be in rhythm and in sync as you dribble that ball. Because if you're not, you're not going to get anywhere. Am I right or wrong? Oh my God, you hit it, man! You know what? I, I don't know if you do this, Andre, but I make my kids dribble to hip hop. Right. Yeah. Do you do that too? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, I do it all the time, man. I, I put on the tunes and, 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 uh, and, you know, we, uh, yeah, we dribble to the actual, you know, to the actual beat of the music, you know, like, so if it's a three count or if it's a four count, you know, they, they have to dribble to the music and, and you're right. You know, basketball is a rhythm. Basketball is dancing. Really? It's dancing. Play. I feel the same way, yeah. you know? Uh, so I, at that point, I, I just figured, I'm not sure if everybody else does that. And I think it's a great tool for uh, kids to learn off of because at times kids are not in rhythm as they're dribbling. And I'm like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest. If, you know, we're working on this in and out, you know, your head's got to shift, your your feet are shifting, your your um, your shoulders got to be um, rolling and moving. And if you can't do this, well, it ain't going to work. Well, here's the problem. Um, you know, and I think, and I think what's, you know, what's at stake here is, is the, the maturity of the game. Unfortunately, when our kids start off, everything is at a hundred miles an hour, you know, and I'm sure you can attest to that. Kids sometimes don't understand that this game is not at one speed, you know, so rhythm has to be at different speeds, you know? So I, I, I'm a big believer of, of when I teach, when I teach uh, dribbling drills through the cones, like when I have kids going forward and they have to zigzag through the cones, you know, and, and, and cross on, on each cone. It's to me, it has to be a slow, fast mentality, right. you know? So slow when you get to the cone fast, when you cross over and switch your body and switch your hips to the direction of the next cone. So to me, I like to in, emphasize slow, fast, slow, fast. So the kids understand that your dribble is not always fast, fast. It's got to be slow first and then fast second, you know? So, um, and I try to teach heartbeat. 
heartbeat dribbling. I don't know if you use that also, you know? So I make kids dribble, you know, with their heartbeat in mind. So that, you know, boom, 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 boom. Ooh, like you know, that, so yeah. That, yeah, that that ball has to land at the same rhythm as your heartbeat, you know? So, yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. So the next time, so then, you know, the next time you, you, you put your kids through that, through that zigzag drill with the cones, like every coach does and every trainer does have them go through it, but the ball has to hit the floor as fast as your heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? So when you dribble left and you put it on the floor, that ball has to go through your legs on the second dribble as fast as your heartbeat. So it's slow, fast, slow, fast, boom, 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 you know? And that starts to develop a little bit of rhythm and it goes with everything. Crossovers behind the back, you know, between the legs, double cross between the legs. Yeah. It has to go hand in hand, you know, heartbeat, heartbeat dribbling. Heartbeat dribbling. Oh, I love that. If, there it is. If you had a piece of advice to give any student out there right now listening, what would that be? Um, Advice to who? I'm sorry. Any player that's listening right now. Let me tell you guys, um, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast, you know, um, start educating yourself on how to get better. I'm reading a book right now uh, called Practice Perfect by Doug Lamov. Okay? okay. And I'm learning on, it's literally a book on how to get better at getting better. You know, and, and that's a statement that you might not understand right now, but I'm going to say, I'm going to repeat it again. How do I get better at getting better? Because everybody wants to get better. Absolutely. We all want to get better. But how do you know how to do that? You don't know how to do that sometimes. Sometimes, you know, like you, you know, right now, if you take your basketball and you go to the park, what are you going to do? You got 45 minutes before mom calls you for dinner. What are you going to do with those, those 45 minutes? How are you going to make those 45 minutes completely, completely beneficial to your game? Are you going to go out there and just shoot a couple of shots, shoot some shots that you know you can make? Or... Are you going to put yourself into some serious, serious, difficult and uncomfortable situation? Or are you going to deliberately practice your weaknesses? You know, you don't have a left hand drive. So are you 500 left hand drives for the next 45 minutes? Or are you just going to shoot around in your flip flops? That's something that irks me. When I see a kid in flip flops shooting around at the court, Andre, flip flops. Come on, man. You, you wasting time. Yeah. If you're at the court in flip-flops, I know you're not no. a player. No. So those of you who are who are trying to look cute with those Adidas flip-flops or those Nike flip-flops, you walk on a court with flip-flops, you're not no. a baller. You're a poser. No, at 100%. I don't like that. I, I I would get mad if I see a kid in vans. I mean, what you doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, it, it just, it just, you know, I, I watch kids all the time. They, you know, they show up, they walk in, they, they, you know, they're shooting around, you know, and it's, it's that lazy shooting, you know, it's that lazy yeah. shooting, you know, they're, they're in flip-flops. So we'd already know that, you know, you literally walked out of bed, came out of bed and you thought that you're going to go get some work done. And you said, you know what, let me just shoot a couple of shots in my flip-flops. You might as well just keep on sleeping. That's, that's facts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Should have just kept on sleeping. So my 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 suggestion to you out there as a player, learn how to get better. Start educating yourself. You know, you know, um, have a plan, have an objective, 
you know, put, write it down. Today, I'm going to work on my pickup. I'm going to try to drive two dribbles and work on my pickup, that micro skill. How fast can I pick up the ball and put it in my shot pocket? Work on that little micro skill for 45 minutes today. You know, work on your pickup on both hands, going right hand, left hand. Let's see how fast you can get that pickup. That's a micro skill that we don't even practice. That's something that would have been on my list if you would have asked me for more micro skills. Yeah. Oh, I love it because you got to. You got to have yeah. fast hands. I mean, my son is a shooter, and guess what? He's fast at his dribbles. He's fast at his crossovers, and he's fast at getting that ball up to his shot pocket to shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. Kids kids, kids don't understand that the faster you get that ball at your set point above your eyebrow, you know, you are already at, a, at an advantage. A lot of kids don't understand. You know, they, they, they linger the ball at their hip, and they don't put it – on at their set point fast enough and those are things that you got to practice it's not going to come naturally you got to practice you got to practice yeah, your that last dribble that last yeah. dribble for you when you know you're going to get it up that pound dribble has got to be hard and tough to get it up quick tough yeah oh, that, yep that's tough. facts i love it well hey coach thank you so much for uh, being on my show today um if anybody wanted to reach out to you where can they find you you can find me at uh, www.t2sba.com. Instagram is at T2S Basketball Academy. And uh, also Facebook, T2S Basketball Academy. And uh, yeah, you can catch me. I'm, I'm in the uh, n- uh, northeastern part of the United States out here in New Jersey, um, about five minutes away from the TW Bridge. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're out here, or visiting New York in the near future and you want to get a session in, look me up. We're out there. We're making it happen. So 